WebmasterRadio.fm proudly presents the longest-running program on affiliate marketing. Welcome to Affiliate Buzz. Our hosts, James and Arlene Martell, are here to inspire, inform, and motivate you with expert insight, interviews, and information that will increase your bottom line. Advance your affiliate marketing efforts every week on Affiliate Buzz. Now, please welcome James and Arlene. Hi, it's James Martell here, and yes, welcome to edition number 387 of the Affiliate Buzz, where we've been keeping affiliates inspired, informed, and motivated to succeed with affiliate programs since way back in 2003. For those of you who are joining us live on Webmaster Radio, it's great to have you with us. If you're joining us through a podcast on your smartphone, tablet, computer, or Wi-Fi radio, a very special welcome to you as well. And Arlene is away today organizing a wedding for our 20-year-old uh, daughter, hard to believe, uh, Victoria, who's getting married in three weeks. So no Arlene today. However, not to worry because I have a very, very special guest joining us, Declan Dunn, a true internet pioneer who has been educating businesses on increasing their bottom line since way back in 1995. And today we'll be talking about attention conversion from stories to sales and the new layer of social media and how to do multi-step marketing. Now, although we live in an affiliate world that is measured by attribution and this uh, model not only applies to uh, us in the affiliate marketing space, but to everyone who is marketing. Now, Declan, is a, uh, he's a true internet pioneer with over two decades of hands-on experience in the fields uh, of online education, corporate performance enhancement, and affiliate marketing. He's a co-founder of FMG Network, delivering practical and inspiring information to clients, students, and participants worldwide. Declan has also taught his own course at the University of California, Santa Barbara, for three years on internet business development to international students. He's also the founder of the Breakthrough Educational Social Network, Remember.org, which received the Adobe Social Change uh, in Media Award in 2009. Now, I also had the opportunity to, uh, to meet Declan uh, for the very first time some 10 years ago in the back of a shuttle bus when we were heading back from some shady little casino on the outskirts of Las Vegas from some low-budget event we were both escaping from. Declan, great to catch up, and uh, welcome to The Buzz. And may this be better than the back of a shuttle bus, everybody. It's great to be here. <laughs> that is funny. That is where, you know, and some of the great conversations happen. And uh, how apropos, man, because with social media now... And mobile media, all you guys listening, well, stay off Facebook. Pay attention. That's, That's right. what we're talking about, guys. Attention. So now, Declan, you've been working online since uh, 1995. And, of course, 95 is uh, something on the Martell radar screen right now because our youngest daughter, Victoria, was born 20 years ago, and she's getting married in, uh, in a few weeks. So I've got a pretty good scope on how long ago that was. <laughs> <laughs> so take a few minutes, if you would, and take us back to the era of 14.4 dial-up connections, and, and tell us your story about how you got started. Yeah, yeah. and by the way, congrats, man. Congrats. I uh, was just up at my niece's wedding uh, up in Vancouver recently. Yeah, hey, thank you. I Here's why I got started. Honestly, I got started, I guess you could call it on the internet in 1991. Uh, I was using a thing called AOL to send research papers while I literally had this backpack mobile phone and a generator. I was living off the grid, don't ask, building a cabin, and I was actually doing reports. It was really great discipline because I had to do my work before the gas ran out. 
Okay, there was no, oh man, maybe I should watch TV. You know, there was like, boom. But what was really cool was as we worked on it, that was still a physical, what I like to call a physical world. And in 1995, I was working on my master's project, which became now 20 years later. That's one of my babies, so to speak, digitally. It's a community, an organic community, remember.org. But it began, I was working on a CD-ROM, which was nuts, insane programming, and the stuff would never work on on Windows and Macs. Just I won't go into it, but it sucked. And out came this guy in '94 named Mark Andreessen, and he says he shows me Netscape, and I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, I'm not doing CD-ROMs anymore. I'm not doing physical. And James, we went online and began. I began by my building the community, but through that, I learned to build partnerships. And uh, that really became the core learning of my first affiliate marketing was building partnerships to drive traffic. We weren't monetizing, but that led to my whole affiliate marketing career because I started learning that, you know, back then we didn't really buy ads. There wasn't a lot of ads. There wasn't even really a search engine. There was Yahoo, you know, it was a directory. So you had to know it was a really cool group of people, but it was all networks of people. And what's so ironic, James, today, back then when I designed websites, we had one or two columns. Hmm, what do we have today on mobile? One or two columns, not a lot. It's freaking me out. It's like deja vu. I'm like, I just, we got all complex. Now it's like picture, space, and a killer headline. That's never changed. Even more. The headline is so much more important. But back then, what was really cool was I still built the community the same way I built an affiliate program. I, I identify the influencers and also what's called the introducers. Mm-hmm. People who aren't really like creating content, but have not just magnificent networks, but they're, I don't even like to call them connectors. They're just cool people who everyone's six degrees from. And uh, you don't hustle that, you know, it's like, it's a sign of respect. I'm not just calling them to introduce me to your buddy to make a deal. You you really like, just like you do today, you take a little, you research a little, you you walk a little slow. So it's funny, James, is even today, so much of what I learned to do, I've had to unlearn in the past three years. That's a very interesting observation that you pointed out that we we you went from one column, and I remember this. Our websites were very, very basic. I got started with my first site in 97. Uh, basically, it was a page. There was really no columns, upper header. And then, you, and then over the years, it's gone from one column, and even for a period of time, thank goodness they've gone away. But there was a while where you had the you had the left hand main area of the of the website, and then you had two columns, and it was just a disaster conversion wise so so you're way back now you're so you're back in the mid 90s so this is even this is pre-commission junction pre-google pre pretty much everything so how did you kind of scope out your way there like what did you see back there because you obviously you planted your flag well you know it was really cool is actually when i worked planting my flag i learned that it's it was really about connecting with people and i'm not really a an extrovert type of person in terms of going to seminars and stuff i'm you know i'll meet a few people but even being an introvert i was able to go out and say who's in my market who's in front of them who's really doing like stuff i deeply respect and i would love to talk with them that's it's my rule because otherwise i'm hustling them and there's a lot of people doing cool stuff and there's a lot of other people just hustling i want to find the person who's not but who loves it beyond just the hustle i'm not i'm not trying to diss the hustlers there at all but I want to know that there's more there that they actually care about the customer. Yes. And that actually led me, my first gig uh, doing a big website was ABC and PBS. We did a website in 95 to 96. 
that I got paid more money than anyone had ever paid me before. And during that period, as we built it up, I started selling books to financeremember.org through this little affiliate program called Amazon. Mm. And I said, that, that's really cool. And I made, you know, a thousand bucks or so, which back then was a lot. And even in those times, there was no commerce, man. I mean, it was, you were either spamming people. And I'm not joking with the word spamming. People were just stripping email addresses and blasting. That wasn't my style. Or you're building partnerships. And what I ended up doing through my educational site, which I let it be, you know, its own thing. It's an organic community. I then moved into the much more aggressive, you know, marketing community of affiliate programs where in 1998, I actually came out with my little book. I wrote an information product, man. I've been right. I wrote five of them. Nobody bought them. I mean, they did. I made I made one that made 100K. I don't mean to put that down, but, you know, nothing blew up. And this series actually sold over $500,000 And because I, I was there with my little book. And it was little because my friend told me to publish it through them. And it looked like this little blue book. If you're, It's like I still have a copy. It looks like a Chairman Mao's little red book except blue. <laughs> it, it looked like I had a cult. It was not well done. And I even did print. I was like, oh, man. But I went to this conference in 98. And this little company called CJ was announcing. And there was Per Peterson and Lex Sisney and Todd Crawford, who were the up-and-comers scaring the heck out of Linkshare and um, also uh, BeFree at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fired. But all the CEOs were out there. And what was funny was my book got in and I got introduced to everybody. Same way I did Remember.org. I, I interviewed the great people in affiliate programs at that point that I thought, James Marciano was one of them who ended up running the first affiliate conference, uh, met Sean Collins through him. Okay. And, and it led to just this same thing that people, like, if you realize that you don't need to make the sale immediately, the bigger sales started coming two or three steps down the road. And that's how I got started in affiliate marketing. So, so back then, what would you say your biggest first success was? Probably my director of sales book, only because it's the first time my dear friends, Marlon Sanders and Jonathan Mizell, who taught me everything I know about marketing, period. I had no clue. I'm an artist reframed, and they taught me to really write a letter. I did about 100K selling the director of sales program, which taught people how to sell websites in plain, simple English, because most, even to this day, most of the technical people are... There's so many damn details. How do you like talk to normal people and be intelligent but not like make their tongues hang out? So that's what the product was, and it killed. I mean, people were selling websites like technology, and I just did a basic sales process to sell it to people and put it in plain, simple English. What would you say your biggest failure was back then? I probably uh, asked you that a few times, but go back to those days. What, what, what was something that absolutely fell flat? Oh, my first two books, I did a video series. And I really had like I, I can it's so hard to say now, but I really had an attitude against marketing that I really didn't know. I was really like I had a crutch and I can say it now because I'm older looking back. But back then, that crutch got met by Jonathan Mizell and Marlon Sanders, who are two both. Mizell started his newsletter in 93. It's probably to me the first newsletter on the Internet or one of the very first and a brilliant marketer. And they sat me down and detoxed me over my attitude against marketing. So what was my biggest failure was my first two products. Man, I was just doing, you know, we do what we see people doing today, right? Sitting around their website, wondering why no one's coming, writing this like really highfalutin, I'm an English major, which I am English, you know, trying to impress people and not speaking, not writing copy, not really understanding the basic psychology of how to sell a product or service. And so what happened with director of sales is when I learned after about a year, how to break through that. And uh, so basically, I was just waiting 
trying to figure out what to do, putting up really obtuse language like the uh, promise lies not in our technology but in ourselves, which personally I loved, but Marlon used to laugh at that headline because it's truly, I argue, one of the worst headlines in the history of the Internet. <laughs> Marlon, Marlon is uh, somebody I used to follow a long time ago as well. He's, he has some brilliant, brilliant products. So like, now – I was just going to say, so, so now we're now we're coming up to the end of the uh, of the of the nineties. We're hitting Y two K. We're coming into the next decade. Keep going. Yeah, well, that's actually the more interesting part because what we ended up doing was we took the five hundred K we sold our books for and created an agency during the dot com times. And I work with like thirty two the top companies. Work with American Express. It was no PM and outsourced project manager is what they call it today. We just called it consulting. But in essence, it was managing the program. No, funny way, I was like, oh, wow, it was a better name they came up with because that's what it was. Yep, you know, you nobody, nobody, even today, right? You see the growth in the recent years of OPMs. It's because it's the kind of thing that takes a lot of skills. And so we did American Express Network Solutions and built a company in Chico, which after the dot-com crash, our revenue tripled because all the liars were gone. Yeah. And uh, and all the marketers were left, and everybody was running away saying it's a lie. And we just started, our revenue shot up. We It was really cool. Got a bunch of offers to get bought, which none of us really wanted to do, but we're really honored. And um, grew our business to start being a, an OPM as well as, uh, God, we ran like 60 million visitors a month to one of our sites. We had an email list of 10 million we built organically. I mean, things you could do back then that you couldn't do today. I mean, real emails, not like, you know, somebody breathing at a screen email. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's where we built it up and built up the chops, and I started helping companies grow to get either acquired or, in some cases, IPO. So then we, you and I met again. It was it was two thousand five, and I believe Affiliate Summit that year was at the uh, Riviera, if I recall correctly. Boy, it's sure grown since then. I think back then there was about five hundred people there. Birth really, the, the industry was starting to really get some legs. We've been through the era of of. Uh, Easy search, I guess we would call it, where you could basically keyword stuff a page, do a bunch of crappy uh, backlinks, and you would be ranking highly and making tons of money. Uh, but that all ended about the the beginning or the middle of uh, the two thousand, so I guess two thousand and five ish. What did you What did you do in the last part of that decade? Yeah, actually, I moved on from my agency and started working on both trying to incubate, you know, create our own projects that we would own, as well as doing some uh, client work. So one of the cool ones was I worked with a, an odd company, James, uh, all done by affiliate programs called Spiritual Cinema Circle. Hmm. And I hated that name. I remember my friend who runs the company, friend now, Stephen Simon, he was the producer of um, What Dreams May Come, Somewhere in Time, and as he doesn't like to brag about Bill and Ted's Great Adventure because he really didn't think that was like, <laughs> you know, he's a very artsy filmmaker. But suffice to say, all through affiliate programs – Doing basically like a Netflix where they would send you a DVD in the mail because this was still, you know, pre, not pre-YouTube, but, you know, wasn't, you weren't doing digital downloads at this point. And uh, $20 a month was the thing. And he got it up to, gosh, I was with them. They were at 10,000 subscribers from startup all through affiliates monthly. Got them to about 20. And I think they got somewhere between you know, near 30,000. They got acquired by Gaim in 2007. And I started with a five-person team, basically run by affiliates making sales and then them delivering the product. So those kind of projects were really cool to like sink my teeth into because what's different is I, I do, which is what I talk about today, social, search, email. It's all one thing. It's not one guy doing this, one guy doing that. It's your business. It's all integrated. 
And it sounds odd, but I started doing it then, and I'm seeing a lot of that coming back again now as we move from a world of specialists to realizing, yes, you need specialists, but you better need know they need to work together. They need to like know that everybody feeds everyone else. You're not just the search engine guy. You're the search engine guy, hopefully, in creating revenue for the email guy. And if you don't like the social media guy, the search engine guy won't have much luck in the next few years with the social graph <laughs> defining what we do in search. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. you can't say, I'm a social guy. I, I mean, I, an example, I was at a major business. They've got their social media people in this little cubicle. No one talks to them. They're like this weird cult. <laughs> and he tells me, he goes, they have no accountability. And I go, why? You, I, I'm going to make her, she doesn't even have, beyond just being narcissistic, I mean, what are you telling her to do? You're, you're not giving her something where she can measure her success? Oh, you know what I'm saying? Is This is what I see a lot of companies doing now is they go, well, social, we don't know, so we'll try to drive traffic. We know search. We make a lot of money in search. We hate Google. It's not growing enough. Blah, 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 blah. It's expensive. But what's happening is it's also moving from a world. I, I think search is, you know, come on, Google rocks. They're going to rock for a long time. Search is always part of the game. But it's not a world of people sitting in front of PCs now. Gradually, they've moved away from this single relationship working on a computer, which is very angry creating stuff for most people who loves their Windows or their Mac computer. There's just not a lot of love. But look at them with their iPhones and their iPads. They're like gushing. True. The relationship, and it's about fun. It's not about, oh, I'm here on my PC. I got to do some work or do whatever I do. I'm alone, and I'm going to be thinking in my head. And what do they think? Problems, right? Now they're on mobile. They're out with friends. What do they think? Fun. And so if you come with problems, which we all know marketing is what you do with your headline and slap it on, you know what's going to happen on Facebook? They're going to shut your account down and you're going to complain that Facebook's a bunch of poo-poo heads. If I see that one more time, they shut me down. Did you read the terms of service? Are you reading? Do you realize <laughs> nobody likes that marketing speak? And this is what we need to back it off to multi-step marketing. And that's what's really cool because when, when media gets um, – grows up and matures and money's really being made, it doesn't turn into a, I buy a click, I make a sale. It's just like attribution, right? There's the first click. There's probably two to 20 clicks viewing your story on Facebook, looking at you on LinkedIn, whatever they do, and then the last click. And that's when they buy. It's those in-between clicks now that if you're not mining them, retargeting, doing things like looking at it as a, a two to maybe 20 step process, and not a click to sale, you're going to be plumb out of luck in social media. And that's where they are. <laughs> now and, I'm, uh... and you're not going to change them. And they're not all, you know, unless you're selling to marketers, selling to marketers, that kind of language is it's odd. You've got to reel it in and be more subtle and then drive them to the funnel. So what we're trying to do is put funnels over fun. And that's where I, I'm finding a lot of, man, I'm killing it with companies because it's stuff they're doing. It's like three years ago, what we used to do and what you did three years ago, you better not be doing now. And that's radical. That is radical. Now I am, I'm here with Declan Dunn. And when we return from a quick break, we're going to deep, deep or dig deeply into this topic of uh, attention conversion from stories to sales, the new layer of social media and how to do multi-step marketing. We'll be right back. More affiliate buzz coming up after we hear from our sponsors. 
Finding links to improve your rings in the search engines is time-consuming and frustrating for many of us. The Hoth is the go-to company to help lighten your link-building load. Their white-label SEO was made specifically for agencies, in-house SEOs, and affiliates. The Hoth also offers high-quality custom local citation building to improve search rankings in Google's maps and localized results. Providing fulfillment for some of the largest SEO companies in the world, The Hoth offers link and citation building services you can trust. Get $20 in link building or citation building credits free by going to thehoth.com slash radio. T-H-E-H-O-T-H dot com slash radio. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis. SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Time now to hear some more affiliate buzz on webmasterradio.fm. Here's James and Arlene. Arlene is away today. However, I do have Declan Dunn, the co-founder of FMG Network, on the line with us. Now, now Declan, let's talk about attention conversion from stories to sales. What do you mean by that? Attention conversion is is a term that's actually come up to me in my work because what we used to talk about, and I still talk about, is funnels and conversion. You know, the traditional drive them to a funnel, landing page, and conversion. But everyone seeing a you can put in many different words for it, but there's a space before they get to the funnel now. That's primarily social and mobile. Some people call it the pre-funnel. I think that's wrong because they're not – the customer is not in a funnel. And I'm talking this first for mindset. The customer is not like searching on Google knowing what they want. The customer is trying to get their attention fed by stuff that makes them happy. That's the, the mindset. So if you come in there and you're trying to reach out, if you come out with the marketing messages we've all seen, generally they don't do very well. Or if they do well, they don't last because people complain. They're in control. Now, think about it, James. It's very key. I want you to understand with attention conversion. The old conversion, every marketer I know who's really good is a major control freak, right? We want to test. Mm-hmm. We want to <laughs> control every step, right, in a good way. You get That's what our job is, right? You come in. Upsells, cross-sells, retention, man, right? That We want to control it because we know if you as the customer control it, you're not going to do what we want, okay? That's, right. that's, that's a marketer's mindset. Now, you come in and the person outside that is not even often thinking problem solution or thinking funnel. They're just out there trying to have fun. So this is where it's really interesting. You could use the word native advertising. Uh, there's a lot of words, inbound marketing, native advertising, content marketing, that all revolve around the same thing, that the ad in front of them is not an ad. It does not look like an ad. It has a killer headline and intro that, if done correctly, can get their attention, drives them to your page. 
where you then convert them at the next step or the next step. You know, in other words, you're driving them to that page. You don't necessarily want to grab their email. In fact, a lot of times, you if you're buying ads, you got to be very careful with how you do that with Facebook and thing, and even Google. You no longer have the freedom to just slam them. So what you have to do is, how can I get that first attention conversion, which means actually grabbing their attention, but tying that back into revenue on the back end? Because most social media people are like, oh, I got an engagement. 20 people engaged with us. That's nice. How many of them within one, three, and by the way, six months down the road? turn into customers because when you're marking this kind of longer term funnel I've seen actually um, who was I think it was Kissmetrics was actually talking about ten, they measured something like 10 or 20 percent of their spend on the first month and they they even their spend out over six months so the spend for one month was if, if that makes sense stretched out over revenue that came in over three to six months so instead you're not measured by the first 30 days is what I'm saying the attention conversion means you're probably not going to convert them on first contact. So start funneling them into emails, retargeting, and other forms to actually create a multi-step marketing system. And as Todd Crawford said at Affiliate Management Days, I spoke with him earlier there this year, and he said a great thing about, you know, he's with Impact Radio, so they're doing all the attribution. He said there's everyone's customized, everyone. There's no formulas. There's no, like, there. it's attribution. It's your business, how you manage it. So attention conversion is... The step, the steps between them and actually getting them into intention, you know, getting them to click and give you an email, getting them to click to look to buy, getting them to click to buy, you know, intention, meaning I have a, a problem here, I'm going to get solved, but we need to turn their attention to bring enough people in. So give me, I'll give you an example how software as a service has been doing this because in the early days, we'd all, if we, software as a service charges a monthly thing. So we'd all give a 30 day free trial, but we'd bang your credit card, right? Mm -hmm. That was the three years ago. That's the way you did it. What they found was take away the credit card, work like crazy, not only on the software, but on the customer service, being responsive, being there, showing up, just answering emails and stop like acting like you live in a different world, being there. And they took away the credit card and they found that sales dramatically increased because the experience of the first 30 days was the sale, not the sale made on the first day. So when I got their attention, I got them in there. I wasn't going to give them a credit card. That's an intention. That means I got to think about money. That's what I mean with intention. Attention is like, oh, cool. This is free and this is great. Let me do this. And then putting them in a system that converts them over however long it takes to make the sale. I mean, in software as a service, it's 30 days. And they would have gotten much less sales because when they put the credit card, as anyone knows, you cut down your conversions like mad, right? You're cutting them down to, let's be generous and say 1% to 5%. Maybe you know them and it can get 10 to 20, but it's just not high numbers. Mm. So when you take away the credit card, most people said, oh, all these people, right? All this stuff would happen. Did you test it? That's all people were saying. Yeah, that might. And they tested it. What happened was it's, it got more people in. And sure, about half of them went away. This is social media. Half of them don't even know why they're there. Their <laughs> attention, they're on ADD on steroids. Don't get, you know. And then the other thing is 10 to 20 and sometimes 50% of the traffic is bots and fraud. You've got to really start realizing that the days of big numbers and impressions, when somebody comes at me with big numbers, I go, where's your bot? It's not real. It's bringing them in, and then what the software as a service guys said, bring more in, kill them with love and service, and it's mostly email, by the way, yeah. and marketing automation, and then deliver a killer product 
and get the retention to six, 12, hopefully 24 months. And that's what's driven, like in that world, that's what's driven the whole model. And I see analogies that are coming for all of us. That's what attention conversion is, is it's taking the sale away from the first contact, but not eliminating it, right? Where yeah. do we fit it in? Where do we put it on the fringe? The, you notice the bottom of most pages now in any native ad, the call to action, they want one call to action on a native ad page, one. This this sales for software, sorry, to software, I have such a good experience with that that uh, I use a service called Basecamp. I'm sure you're familiar with it. Yeah. They're, they're brilliant in their marketing, and, the, and everything you just explained is exactly what they do. You go to their site, use Basecamp for free for two months on us, no credit card required. And I tell you what, when I needed it, I signed up for it. I started using it. Within a few days, I had my entire team integrated with it. We've done talks about it on the buzz for a year and a half now because we're we're so in love with it. And you say, and they back it up with support and service, right? You mentioned that. And they don't live in a different world. Great quote. And uh, in this particular instance with Basecamp, their support, if you need help from them, they guarantee that if you send them an email, you will receive an email back in three minutes. If you need, if if that's not quick enough, tweet them and they'll be back to you instantly. And they do, and they're amazing. And what a great example! And I've never really had anybody explain it to me exactly what you just said. So I appreciate that. And th this was, and this is one of the reasons I love this company because they just they make it so easy to do business. And I didn't, by the time it came time to pull out the credit card, of course, here's my card. Do whatever you need. We're 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 hooked. And we'll probably be with Basecamp until we sell the company, I'm sure. No, 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 totally. And, it, and, and the funny thing is, when you do that, that's where it ties into the things that all my marketing friends just roll their eyes when they start talking stories and love. They're like, okay, man, go hug a tree, which, by the way, I do. And I'll do it right in front of them because I have no pride. No, but no, let me tell you what. I've always felt, and this comes from my early work, that the internet is really a storytelling medium. But the thing is, the people on social and mobile, they're telling their story. They're watching the world. There's more content being created where, look at, I mean, look at Periscope. You can go see a street in Madrid. Somebody's turning on Periscope so you can go experience where they are. Yeah. I'm not trying to say, but what are they doing? It's their story, not yours. That's the big thing because marketers are like, it's my time. I'm going to interrupt them, right? Because what do we do? We oh, raise yeah. our voices when we put that thing on the TV. We have, and by the way, all that works in different mediums. We're trying to interrupt them. But when you tell them a story, let me, let me anchor this in something real. Square does this really, really well. Square, the payments program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You come to their site. Of course, hello. Now we get merchant accounts for free, not that stupid monthly. Oh, my God, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Believe me, when I did it, it was like 100 a month. It sucked. Oh, yeah. And they hated you. I mean, right. it's, like, it's a little bit different. But when Square, you go to their site, when they retarget you or when you go on Facebook or see content, they're telling stories about people using their product. And when they retarget, they don't show this, whoa, get 10% off Square now. No, I don't know you. They start telling the story of here's the person with the coffee shop. Here's the person, the personal trainer. They tell stories of their customer, real stories, by the way, no fake flogging real stories and those stories engage people because they're stories of the hero's journey overcoming something like trainers losing weight At, but it's subtly embedded almost like a product placement in a movie is square because guess what they're using to charge their customers oh they're not like i'm using square sqare.com no they're like <laughs> i gave them my phone they swiped oh that was square 
You see what I'm saying? It's subtle. It's not in their face. But what happens is you're planting triggers. And people remember so much. We are all nutty and dump our brains. But you start planting this stuff and they connect to a story, then they come back. And what we want to see, obviously, is like anything, repeat traffic, direct visitors, hopefully to your website. If not, I've seen, uh, for example, I work with a Facebook page called Joy of Mom. She has 700,000 likes, and there's something like 300,000 of those women come back three to five times a week to her page. It's like hmm. a site, okay? Hmm. That's a messaging platform now. That's not just a page where I, excuse my French, but complain about the fact that nobody can see my stupid article that I'm writing about me because I don't care about their story. I want them to listen to mine. <laughs> What you do is just reverse that. It's radical. You reverse that. Let them tell their story. My my whole educational community, it's all donated, user-generated content, 100%. 10% of the people drive me nuts. 90% are so cool. Don't let the 10% ruin it for you. You go out and, and you let people, and again, joy of mom. She's being responsive. She's letting people tell their stories. She back ends it with her own site. She has products, services, books celebrity not i wouldn't say even celebrity but really a really trying to build a community square is a payments program but now they made their payment social because they're featuring stories bringing people in and they're leading with you as what that is is sort of like a testimonial without the hype it's somebody's real experience hopefully using your product or service and telling their story and framing it with links to you that's what I'm trying to say with attention conversion. It's not about the ad. The con- BuzzFeed taught us this. The content is the ad. You've got to read BuzzFeed, man. Those guys have it all in programmatic algorithms doing this stuff. But what they understood was it's not just, oh, you don't have an ad separate from the content. The content is an ad, and you've got to be oh so gentle and subtle, and they're moving from clickbait headlines. That's even you know passe now. A year ago, I'd have told you to write clickbait headlines. Now – you're, it's been done to death. The learning curve is so fast that all you can really do is be really smart and not try to get on the latest, beta, greatest thing. But like BuzzFeed says, look at your content and say, what content can I put out there or of other people? And how can I actually activate somebody considering a problem-solution kind of purchase? Like if they're square, hey, how are you taking merchant payments? How many of you are taking merchant payments with Square? Click on the bottom. Go to your site and then start bringing them in, taking them from a story to problem solution, to the top of the funnel. But that may not happen that quickly. Often, again, if there's two to 20 contacts between us and a purchase, that's just my general guesstimate number. Yeah, yeah. Right? Then then what, what you're doing in between is what's really important now. And I think people are so focused on the first click and the last click. And, yeah. and there's some places, by the way, they should. I'm not trying to say, like, that world's died, but it's it's – the growth curve has flattened. The scale is in social and getting people to share. And that's where it takes somebody who's not like a social, like social media expert. What an oxymoron. I mean, I'm sorry. It really is. Because social <laughs> media expert, what the hell does that mean? Because they're talking about, this is what bugs me. Because they make really good social media people look bad because they're all talking fluff. And I created these big numbers. And those big numbers, it's not that they don't have to convert. But there's a lot more than I can go create an engagement just by being weird. I can create a viral campaign, but nobody probably want to come back with me with what would make it viral. How do you actually make social media accountable and how you make the marketers to realize that this funnel has a different way of measuring like it's a more longer term sale 
than an immediate sale. Certainly doesn't stop you from doing search and every in fact it feeds into what you're doing to search because when they see you on these different platforms with the social graph, the likelihood of you getting seen based on their relationships theoretically is more. It's amazing. Very, very insightful. Very insightful. I'm here. I'm here with Declan Dunn, co-founder of FMG Network. And after the break, I'm going to ask Declan about how you and me can measure attention conversion. Don't go away. More affiliate buzz coming up after we hear from our sponsors. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. Time now to hear some more affiliate buzz on webmasterradio.fm. Here's James and Arlene. Arlene is away today, but I do have Declan Dunn, co-founder of FMG Network, on the line with us. Now, Declan, how do you measure this? How do you measure attention conversion? Yeah, I... I focus on one core metric, really, because there's a lot of numbers we're getting now. I focus on CPA, cost per action, and I call that CPA 1 and CPA 2. And let me explain what I mean by that. Attention conversion means we've got all this activity happening on social likes, common engagements. I also look at shares quite frequently. I want to see shares and referrals happening in social media. But when they come to my site, and that might be, for example, if I'm the software as a service, then come to my site to measure the first CPA one is somebody who registers, okay? You know, registers for a free account. If it's an opt-in email, it's then getting them to email. If it's a first visit to a site, first click, you could do that too. I mean, if that's important to you. CPA two is how many of those people in CPA one became buyers. CPA two is what we commonly do, turning them into buyers. Because between CPA one and CPA two, You're going to see, one, the cost of your traffic from social separated from your cost per sale. And you're also going to see, if you look at it like a software as a service, we call this onboarding. CPA1, our process of getting them on board, we want to make sure that our our conversion process, onboarding process in their case, is high. So we want to make sure that if we got this, how many of them actually converted? And what was the source? Were they Facebook, Instagram, 
Because what we're going to find is usually in social media, you, you can really message well on one or two platforms. I don't see many people doing all of them. Mm-hmm. Some people do Pinterest. Fashion does real well on Pinterest, okay? So their first visit might be an email or it could be a visit because women tend to look at clothes a lot. So hopefully they've come for a visit. That's CPA1. Then when they purchase, that's CPA2. And we want to make sure that what CPA2 tells us is how many of the people were converting. So that lets us work on our conversion process. CPA1 is the source of that traffic. Because uh. like, if I go into search, I probably would send them, especially with I, women in apparel, I would send them right to CPA2. Okay, If I'm doing from Google, I got a high intention and a high reason to buy, then I'm measuring them there. But if I've got a high reason to kick tires you know, and not buy on first contact, then I might integrate a CPA1 measure because that, to me, connects the two because they're one is sort of cpa one is almost like a lead and you want to know which not only your cost per lead is but you want to factor in which which one of these channels is really doing it because i hate this like spreading yourself all over the place some people kill on instagram some people kill on facebook some people on linkedin but nobody i know does three four five or six of these unless they're major players the normal business is due to you want to focus on the one that's not only generating traffic but that you're messaging and they're listening to you and the quality of CPA1 converts very highly because if I get traffic from Instagram and for whatever reason it doesn't convert as opposed to traffic from Twitter and it might convert, then I've got to see not only what CPA1 tells me, not only the cost, but also the volume because I couldn't get a lot from Twitter, right? Twitter's a smaller volume than maybe something like Instagram. Yeah. So yeah. I, that's why it's like a volume quality game that I play at CPA1 and then my CPA, two is really where I put my funnel, guys. And I, I don't usually have people who do it all at once, but that, that, does that make sense? It makes, makes perfect sense. It's the first time I've actually heard it explained in a way that uh, I can actually understand. So. Well, you know, you know, cool idea? So I see some people send in direct mail postcards. I'll, I'll give you an example. Homebay. Homebay, I was signing up to test sell my home recently. Yeah. I signed up there. All they did was it was like they sent it out to everybody. But what was more amazing to me is that was okay, and I got people – I would have to pay the people that came. They're, they're, they're buyer agents, so I would have to pay them you know, the, the whatever percentage, which was not a problem for me. But what was really cool was a lot of stuff happened that sucked. A lot of stuff with Zillow was just horrible. Like just, I don't even go into it. Zillow is just Zillow, and they're huge, right? Yeah, These yeah, people yeah. – I'm emailing. I'm not expecting to hear a response, right? Just back to our responsive, being responsive to them. I send an email at freaking 9.30 at night, right? I'm like, oh, well, I'll see this tomorrow morning. Ten minutes later, Ping. she's on. And, and I turned off my listing. She's still on. She is like, her job is to be responsive to everybody. The guys who did Slack, the guys who were making Slack is like a moving to a billion-dollar company. After they did the technology, the CEO and the VP answered every request, 4,000 a day. Want to know why they're worth a billion? Because they don't have to sit in a separate room and make up headlines. Their customers tell them the problem. <laughs> the old ways of doing it just don't apply. And that's where I tie in love. I, I put this up. My friend hates it. I said, if you don't love your customers, someone else will. He goes, what does that mean? <laughs> Look at Slack, okay? Look at the other guys who are like putting marketing automation and, and getting all excited because Marketo or Infusionsoft can send some boring sequence have a human show up because guess what? We're real businesses, and if you don't show up, 
Like Woody Allen said, 90% of the job, showing up, friends. Uh, so true. So true. So many takeaways here, too. Let me just kind of recap a few that just jumped out to me. The space before the funnel is important. So important. Never, never. I knew that. I knew. I know that, but I've never really had it stated like that. They want to be fed something that makes them happy. How powerful is that? Building funnels with fun. Uh, the, the square experience uh, of telling stories about customers using their product. That, that seems like such common sense. Why don't we do that, Declan, normally? Because we're paid to chuck them a coupon. That's seriously, I'm not trying to beat, man, look at the affiliate world. How much of it is built on coupons? I'm sorry. Oh. You know, ring, 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 right? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, good. Another coupon site. Oh, good, good. I'm going to start another coupon site. Oh, okay, good, good. Well, look at eBay's got bought for a billion. I was actually asked, like, what did I think was a seminal event in affiliate marketing in the last five years? I was like, eBay's a billion? Oh, my yeah, yeah. God. I mean, cool. But in a good way, that's the uh, amazing highness. You know how big coupons can go. But what we try to do is see, here's what we're realizing. As direct marketers, we're coming from a tradition and people looking over us who want us to make the sale yesterday when we begin. Okay? It's just part of the biz. Yeah. So yeah. if I'm going to do that, then and this is really important to the CEOs and people I work with when I coach them, I work really hard. It's not that I don't want you to do that, but what you're actually doing is today creating mediocrity in certain people because they're going to be loyal to the sale. So they'll just chuck a coupon or a discount or give their friends some money, or do whatever this little weird advertising game does to meet their numbers, not realizing if somebody was in there and said, we could probably improve our numbers by not doing that, you'd have to back off the pressure a little bit. You'd have to measure your results quarterly, not monthly, which I think is part of the growing up phase for a lot of us in this business. Yeah, yeah. And that's really important because the only people who close their businesses monthly are automobile dealers. You know, I mean, that's weird. They close every month is like a year in the U.S. It's nuts. That's why they all have heart attacks. I'm not saying – I don't say make them lazy, okay? But start realizing that if you have multi-steps and we have all the tracking, it does take time and, and you've got to customize it. But once you do it, what are you tweaking along the path? And how is your content reflecting what people want rather than sitting around and trying to be creative? And even better, share someone else's content because it's too hard to do your own and there's too much darn content. So it's weird. So in other words, not control. You got to get off the control thing. Be a control freak at your funnel. But on social, you want to be a subtler control freak. Because I, I don't mean that on against people with the control thing. It's part of marketing. If we don't create performance, we don't work. That's what we do. That's right. We don't eat. Well, look at social media people, though. That person who's not accountable, she's eating and she's not accountable. That's what bugs me. There's That's the fun. opportunity no, there's the opportunity, dude. It's huge because once people get off what they think social media is and stop caring, no one cares what you think. When you do this, I start out with a customer with my people and I go, what are they saying? What are the words they use? What words trigger them? What issues? What gets them emotional? What's the tone? Is it really like, like Joy of Mom is like, oh, I love you. I love you. It's really cool. It's like this giant kumbaya moment every day. <laughs> Right, that's a whole. That's a mom's market. That's a very different thing than internet marketing super friends, which is a very intelligent group. But people are really asking questions, and it can be a little bit more not edgy, but they're business people. So there's a lot yeah. more problems coming up. Is what I'm saying. Right. When you know their language, fit your language. It's like you're visiting a new country, guys. And when you visit a new country for the first time, you see everything new: how they eat, what time of day they go there, and you shut your mind up and stop you. 
Because the minute you start doing something, everything changes. Take a little time to let them not just write your copy, but what stories are they talking about? What really, it's not rocket science. What's funny is this is easier to do than the old way of sitting, throwing stuff at them, which not only makes them hate you, but they're going to remember that they'll start disliking you on Facebook and that can work against you. You, Big time, big time. (laughs) we, We got about 60 seconds left. Take take the the remaining time if you would. Please tell us about FMG Network and uh, you know your contact information and anything else you'd like to share. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, if you want to visit me and come check me out, say hello. I'm at DeclanDunn.com. That's D-E-C-L-A-N-D-U-N-N.com. FMG Network is actually pivoted to a – we're actually doing podcasting and content working directly to medical offices, dental offices, where we actually stream approved content. And are setting up a licensing program. So that's actually something that's just come around that we're working on and we're real excited about. We've done that for about 10 years. Um, but most importantly, I'll be coming out with uh, really this summer my podcast, Attention Conversion, and a book coming out in September where I take my first exploration of this because I'm not trying to come out with a final idea. I'm with you exploring and uh, let's see how we can customize this and take some of this like we talked about today and uh, make it a system. That's awesome. That's awesome. Declan, thanks uh, so much for inspiring us today with your personal story and uh, enthusiasm always, always contagious and the generosity and the, and the, and the content and information that you shared. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for myself and from our listeners. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20.